The Okie Geek Podcast is brought to you by Okie Comics, a bi-monthly anthology publication showcasing the talents of Oklahoma creators with stories featuring Oklahoma. Copies are available at Half Price Books, Edmund Unplugged, Loot and XP, Boarding House, Paseo Plunge, Museum of Osteology, Commonplace Books, as well as your favorite comic book store and nearest library. You can find out more locations and more information at okiecomics.com. Greetings and salutations, my fellow geeks, and welcome to episode 204 of the Okie Geek Podcast, brought to you by Okie Comics. I'm Michael Cross. A new actual play D&D podcast is coming out soon. I'll have more in just a bit. But first, your week in geek. The entertainment community is mourning the loss of Max von Sydow, the amazing Swedish actor who was recently seen as Lor Santeca in Star Wars The Force Awakens and Game of Thrones as the Three-Eyed Raven, died earlier this week at the age of 90. Sydow's pop culture credentials go back to 1957's The Seventh Seal, but my generation will likely remember him best as Ming the Merciless in Flash Gordon and Dr. Kynes in Dune. Whether he was playing the priest in The Exorcist or King Osric in Conan the Barbarian, his legacy will live on and he will be missed. The second season of The Witcher could include another Game of Thrones veteran. According to the online Witcher site Redonian Intelligence, Natalie Dormer is joining the show when it returns to Netflix sometime next year. Dormer is most famous for her portrayal of Marjorie Tyrell on Game of Thrones, but she has also played significant roles in The Tudors and The Hunger Games. Last month, the site confirmed Christopher Heview, who played Tormund Giants Bane, would also be joining the second season of The Witcher. Star Trek Discovery finishes filming Season 3. Cast and crew took to Twitter to announce the wrap-up of the next season for the CBS All Access show, including Next Generation alum Jonathan Frakes, who directed two episodes. The question on fans' minds now is when will it be released? Producers say it should be ready to go by May when the first season of Picard ends, but it might have to wait till after the release of another Star Trek show, Lower Decks. The future of Star Wars in comics and novels is taking place 200 years in its past. Disney plans to release a major overarching series of stories titled The High Republic, exploring the golden age of the Republic. The series begins with the novel Light of the Jedi on August 25th, showcasing a time when the Jedi were the galactic guardians and stewards of peace and justice. Phase one of The High Republic also includes a middle-grade book, comics from Marvel and IDW, as well as another novel by Master and Apprentice author Claudia Gray. Thor Ragnarok director Taika Waititi is creating two Netflix shows based on Roald Dahl's books. The two animated series start with a retelling of Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, which has been adapted into movies, games, and musicals, including the 1971 Gene Wilder cult classic. Netflix made a deal with Dahl Estate in 2018 to produce the works, which could also include Matilda, the BFG, and the Twits, among others. The Kiwi director is keeping busy after his Oscar for Jojo Rabbit as he returns to Marvel directing Thor Love and Thunder, as well as a possible Star Wars movie. And Marvel is planning to release an all-star open-world RPG for its next mobile game. Gaming company Netmarble is releasing Marvel Future Revolution 
as a follow-up to its successful action RPG Marvel Future Fight. In a series of videos posted on YouTube, Netmarble showed off several features of the upcoming game, including an open-world environment. Heroes so far include Captains America and Marvel, Spider-Man and Doctor Strange, with villains like Red Skull, Baron Mordo, Modok, and the Green Goblin. This has been your Week in Geek. The Red Dirt D&D podcast is working right now to put together an actual play experience to appeal to role-playing enthusiasts in the region. The mastermind behind the world the adventurers will be playing in is Dungeon Master Extraordinaire Ashley King, who's joining me in the studio. Ashley, welcome back to the Okie Geek podcast. Yay! I always love being here, Mike. It's, it's always fun. so much fun having <laughs> you here. But we've got a new thing that we're putting together and we're so excited. <laughs> Tell us about the Red Dirt D&D podcast. So the Red Dirt D&D podcast is a um, production between, of course, yourself and myself. Uh, we will, yes. Uh, so we will be hosting this as a, um, as you said, as an actual play podcast. So basically what that means is that we are utilizing Dungeons and Dragons as a storytelling medium. And we are going to be telling stories with D&D. And we're starting out with a campaign called Tales from the Kalban Frontier. Kalban. Yes. That's wonderful. And, but it is fifth edition. Yes. For those people who don't know, uh, there have been many editions. <laughs> and we will still be playing with the most current version. Correct. And what is the Kalban Frontier? So the Kalban Frontier is a setting that's inspired by classic Westerns. So think kind of like the Lone Ranger, you know, the Clint Eastwood kind of um, just crazy stuff going on constantly. Cowboys and horses and mm -hmm. railways and, and dragons. Yes. 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 And dragons. Um, so it's, it's a combination of fantasy elements with Western elements and it's basically inspired by the American Southwest. Yeah, and it may, that's why I think it works so well for this region of the people who know this area and, uh, and what it would be like if we had this kind of area back in the Western, back in the 19th century, mm -hmm. but with elves and orcs and dwarves and elves stuff. Elves and orcs and dwarves and goblins. <laughs> Uh, adorable little goblin benditos who have decided to hold up the train a la the great train robbery and <laughs> that's fantastic yes so i'm i'm really excited i've been i've been working on the setting mm -hmm. these last few weeks getting that kind of prepared and put together and it's really just a fun opportunity to kind of play with the tropes both fantasy tropes and then also the western tropes and kind of figure out like how do I want to incorporate all this? And what, what sort of cliches do I want? What do I want to get rid of? And then what do I want to include? So it's, it's so much fun. And that's the beauty of Dungeons and Dragons. One of the things that I, it's almost always, and of course that's because it's, it's history goes back to the, the old operas of Germany, to mm -hmm. J.R.R. Tolkien, to Lord of the Rings. It's mostly a European-based Yes. look of setting and so yes. this pulling it into more of, a, of an americana setting is going to be a lot different than what people are expecting oh yeah so yeah one of the things about like fifth edition is or not just fifth edition but D, &D in general is that it really was originally based off of the lord of the rings mm -hmm. if you look at a lot of the original monsters a lot of the races it's all based in J.R.R. Tolkien's world, mm -hmm. which, of course, as we all know, is based off of Germanic yeah. mythology. 
And so that kind of set that tone for D&D and for a lot of other kind of fantasy games in the sense that, okay, we're going to base it in a vaguely European setting. So you don't often, unless you're kind of looking outside of Europe and outside of the U.S., that's kind of all you see in fantasy media. So combining the Western, which if you, you know, do any cultural analysis about the Western, that really is a uniquely American genre Mm -hmm. because it is the mythology of America. Yeah. You know, when when we kind of look at in terms of something that is uniquely American mythology, we're always talking about, you know, the tall tales from mm-hmm. the Western frontier, you know, Paul Bunyan, um, John Henry. Yeah, exactly. So. And, and, and it's that it's that idea of expansion, uh, exploration, not just whereas uh, in, in your most of your European legends, there's somebody else out there that's 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 of the same pretty much the same type of person you are and it's mm-hmm. you just have to go there and there might be some underground places they're us and, but weird yeah but here i mean the the idea about the behind the western is there's places where we as white people have never been before and mm-hmm. so it's truly not only exploration but expansion yes and uh and then this is this so this is a little bit of added to to what's going on in this storyline Yes. So the idea, the basic idea of the first campaign is that the player characters have been hired by one of the dwarven clans. Because in this setting, the dwarves are the captains of industry. So they are the guys out east who kind of have a monopoly on a lot of things. Mm -hmm. And they're trying to expand into this western frontier. And... Part of one of the things about this frontier is that it has never been fully mapped. Hmm. Nobody has a working map of the Kalban frontier. And there's a whole lot of reasons like why. And that's one of the things that the player characters get to explore is, okay, what what is it about this place that we keep sending people out here, but they never come back? (laughs) So that's one of the questions that, you know, the players will come across mm-hmm. and will be facing. But again, also it, it gives kind of me freedom as the DM to really include a lot of different things and a lot of different settings and kind of keep it keep it fresh and keep it keep it mysterious. But there's a few things that the players know. Um, one of the things is that uh, so the locals are orcs and elves. Mm-hmm. Those are the two people who traditionally have lived uh, most commonly in this area. And the orcs actually are the ones who are like, yeah, sure, we'll come on in. We'll have fun with you. And the elves are the ones who are like, no, nope, nope, nope keep them out. Which makes sense. I, if I were an elf, I wouldn't want to see any humans around. And no. it, it, it just spoils they're, the they're land. Terrible. <laughs> they're terrible. <laughs> they do terrible things. That's right. We're not, we're not good stewards of the land. <laughs> and, and the idea is that, that you're going into an area that again, you, you, it's, it's, we should be able to recognize again some of the the tropes of the western idea and then if you play D, you also see that mix in of fantasy ideas mm-hmm. as well that's gonna be so much fun and we and we've got uh we're, we're, we know we're gonna hopefully we're hoping to start in may i think is that right i think that's kind of our um our goal mm-hmm. right now is um 
start kind of recording late April and then start putting out episodes mm-hmm. in in May. Yeah. So we'll see we'll see how that goes. And we're going to do something a little different for those people who know uh, some of the other actual D&D plays. Uh, of course, one of the things I know that we're going to try and do is is it's going to be recorded here at the KOSU studios. Yes. It's not going to be uh, of the quality. So I know there's some people out there who do the actual play where I think they just put the iPhone in front of the table. It's, it's, it's five guys and, and an iPhone yeah. and Gotta love them because they're doing their best with what they've got right. and they're putting out content. But we want to make sure that this is something of quality. Exactly, and we're gonna. Uh, but it's gonna be a, it's gonna be a taped for four hours. Yes. But we're not gonna actually release it at four no. hours, right? What are we gonna do? We are going to do hour long episodes. So play a big four hour session, but then break that session up into bite-sized chunks mm-hmm. so that it's so much easier to listen to. <laughs> really is. I, I love I love listening to, to some of the other podcasts, but when they go for four hours and it's like, yeah. I, I, can't, I can't, I don't have time. No, and then, <laughs> and what's worse is that, so if you're somebody who's trying to like get into some of those podcasts, mm-hmm. once they've got, you know, 10 or so episodes, that's 40 hours worth of content. Right. If you are attempting to, catch up Mm. to some of these longer running actual play podcasts, it's almost physically impossible to do unless that is all that you're doing. That's right. Yeah. It takes forever to try and catch up and you don't want to do that to your audience. You want to be able to have them be able to catch up fairly quickly um, so they don't feel so far behind. Yes. And that's, that's one of the things that one of our goals Mm -hmm. with, uh, with Red Dirt D&D is that we want it to be very accessible. Mm -hmm. For people we want it to be something that you know you don't have to sit down for four hours <laughs> and and listen to listen to four hours every week mm-hmm. now it's, it's going to be hour-long bite-sized episodes so that you can toss it on in the car when you're going to work or you know put it on in your earbuds when you're headed to work out and then it's also easier on the talent too yeah, exactly <laughs> so it's it's because fortunately, that's less of a commitment for your talent right. as well, because instead of having to make that four-hour commitment every single week, they just have to make a four-hour commitment you just know, once a month. Once a month. Yeah, exactly. Maybe maybe twice a month if we're doubling up. Yeah. But. <laughs> yeah, and well, and, and you, uh, you're, you're going to be DMing. I'm, mm-hmm. I know I'm one of the players, but we're needing th- some uh, more players. Yes. What are we doing about that? So we are holding auditions. Oh, sweet. Yes. We are having auditions March the 28th. Mm-hmm. That is a Saturday. Starts at noon. And we are still accepting applications for that. If that's something that you feel, you know, if you feel strongly about D&D and you feel strongly about podcasts and you'd like to be part of one, mm-hmm. this is your chance. Calling calling all brave souls right. yes. to explore the Kalban frontier. Yeah. And we're going to have, uh, I think right now we're, we're still, it's probably going to be maybe a couple auditions, possibly a callbacks. Mm-hmm. It, we've got a lot of people who have, who have applied, which I'm so excited about. Yeah. I really didn't expect this kind of, no. um, it, it's just really incredibly talented people. I'm really looking forward to seeing what they bring because, you know, you see all these talented people in, in Chicago or New York or LA or mm-hmm. whatever, but we have these really talented people here in Oklahoma that we can showcase. Yeah, it's like that's one of those things is that you always think that oh in order in order to do things like this or in order to be part of creative projects in general whether that's comic books or movies or you know television shows oh i got to leave yeah. i got to 
I got to go to LA. I got to go to New York. I got to go to Toronto. No, you can, you can stay right here at Mm -hmm. home and find these sorts of projects and be part of these sorts of projects. So, cause yeah. And you, you don't have to leave. Stay, stay here, stay with us. We love you. Yeah. And, and and hopefully be able to do something like this that we can not only uh, put together for for us to, to do, but that's something that the people in the region will want to listen to yes. uh, because it is, it is geared toward is it's, it's a totally original. It's a totally Comple- original setting, completely original setting, completely original story. Mm-hmm. You know, you're not gonna, you're not going to be able to walk into uh, a bookstore or a game store and pick up, you know, this, this setting guide or this, this hardcover book mm-hmm. that everybody else is running. That's right. So. Yeah, this will be totally new. So it'll be totally new to the listener as well as the players, which is going to be a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. Um, we've also, I, although we've got auditions, we're looking for some voice talent. We're looking for some talented people to be in our cast. We still also, we really need some people who are willing to work behind the scenes for this show. Definitely. Because that's always the thing is that everyone likes that prestige of being, you know, being the talent, mm-hmm. being the face of, of the thing. But if you don't have that supporting crew, if you don't have that backbone, mm-hmm. then it gets really difficult because, you know, as a as a DM, I would be wearing multiple hats. Yes. And, oh, my gosh, that's stressful. I've I've got my the rest of my life that mm-hmm. I need to do. You know, you as a player that puts that puts yeah. stress on you. So, yeah, if you are the type of person who if you want to be a part of this, but you're like, oh, I don't I don't do the funny voices. I'm, I'm, I'm not a good I'm not a strong player. Well, we can use you if do you mm-hmm. if you've got talent, you know, with social media, with artwork, with editing, right? music. <laughs> yeah, a lot of things that we're go- that are going to go into this that's going to make it something special. And even not being part of the cast, it's about being part of this group that we're going to put together that I think people should be very excited about because it's something I think that a lot of people, whether they're, they're on the cast or on the crew are going to be very proud to be a part of. Yes. We, we want to make it, we want to make it something that you are proud to say that you have been part of, whether you are voice talent or whether you're working behind the scenes on the crew, we want to make this, you know, something special and something amazing. So that way we can point to it and say, you know, hey, this is this is what we do in Oklahoma. Right, right. And and especially right now, D&D is so very popular, so popular. Uh, which I wish I could understand why. I, have you figured out, have you been, now you've been playing now for, you started out at the tail end of e, uh, fourth edition, right? Literally, I think, I think fifth edition had been out a year okay. when I got involved in it. Because I would like to see that it was, it was because of 5th edition, but 5th edition lasted for three, four years before it became popular. So I'm trying to figure out what it is about D&D that all of a sudden has made it so popular. Right, so I think it's kind of a two-fold spear. One, for one thing, 5th edition, in my opinion, is probably one of the easiest game systems to just pick up and play. Because mm-hmm. with 5th edition, you can pick it up and have a character ready within, you know, even your first character. Yeah. You can have ready, you know, no knowledge of D&D, never played D&D before, never rolled up a character before. Generally about 30 minutes. Mm-hmm. And, that's, and that's all it takes to have, you know, your first character ready if you're doing it very, um, if you're doing it very methodically. Right. 
The second thing I think is just, um, I really do think it's kind of the, it's the accessibility of fifth edition, but also just, there's just such joy <laughs> in, <laughs> like there's such, there's such joy in D&D right now. And there's mm -hmm. such kind of this whole like, just this whole idea of kind of the group storytelling and really coming together as a group and enjoying, you know, enjoying a story together. So I don't know. And, and yeah, I don't know if it's just that, you know, Wizards themselves has been pushing fifth edition in terms of its accessibility and in terms of its availability mm -hmm. to everybody. And then also just, you know, just the people who are involved in it who are like, hey, Come be part of this. Yeah, Come join I, us. I, you know the the the, the joy of, of of the group play. We I've known about it since I was playing the two hit AC zero back in the eighties. I, mm -hmm. I I enjoyed being with my friends, I and mean, we'd spend an entire weekend playing D and D. Um, long before, I mean, the best we had was some modules that, that would come out, and that was, and everything else was just handmade with some graph paper and a notebook. Right. Um, and it was enjoyable, and we already knew that. I think that maybe it's just finally people, other people started to figure that out because there's something thrilling. You go to Edmund Unplug and yeah. there's something thrilling about not only when, when our table, when, when the table we're sitting at gets a, a, you know, a crit on, on a dragon or whatever, but you can hear it when another table does it. Yeah. And you almost cheer with them because you yeah, know that something big just happened to that table. Yeah, you're just like, oh, what's going on over <laughs> there? That sounds exciting. Yeah. Yeah, and I think it's... It, it really is kind of hard to like express it and like pin it down. But I think the thing too is that it, the fact that there have been so many like high profile people mm -hmm. who are admitting, yes, I play Dungeons and Dragons, you know, yeah. whether that's Vin Diesel, Stephen or Colbert, Stephen Colbert, yeah, so yeah. many people. So it's, I think it's basically the, the guys who played D&D &D growing up, Yeah, you know, when they were kids, they kind of had that phase where it's like, oh, we don't talk about this because we don't invite people into in, into our sacred space. Yes. But then as they've kind of gotten older, they're just like, you know what? I like what I like mm -hmm. and I want to share it with other people, irregardless of whether that makes me look like a total dweeb or not. Right. And that's the, the weird thing is that, you know, the D&D was started by a group of baby boomers, but it's more... It's like the Gen Xers, mm -hmm. I think, and maybe it's because of the fact that we've, I, I've been embracing the geek side of me forever. It's like, if I'm a geek, I, you know, and, and I think the Gen Xers have been allowed to be, just still be the geeks that we were when we were kids, when we were watching Star Wars, as, you know, as children and, and uh, watching Battlestar Galactica yep. and, and all those kinds of things. We are now allowed because of comic book movies and things to kind of show, to let our geek flag fly. And there was one major geek flag that none of us really got to fly because we were playing it in our basement. And we were supposed to told, told over and over again, oh, you can't go. Oh, don't let anyone know about don't, this because either uh, you'll, you'll be labeled a geek or a satanic worshiper. Yeah, the, whole, you know? <laughs> the whole satanic panic. The whole satanic panic of the 80s yeah. is over. The the Church of Satan is cool now. Yeah. And, well, it's, and it's just it's just also, it's not a, it's like, we've kind of grown up. We've kind of gone, you know what? There are, it's okay. We can all like different things. Yes. Um, and we're not weird because we like certain things. Exactly. And, uh, and 
I love it. I love the fact that that I can actually just tell people, yeah, I play D and D. They're like, that's awesome. Tell me more about it. I want to play. Right. Yes. Exactly. And I think it's I think it's just one of those things that like kind of once once we got away from the whole mentality of you know we're just going to play this at home in a basement. Once they brought it out of the basement and mm-hmm. actually into the game store with you know programs like Adventures League because that's been going on. I think. I think even fourth edition had some sort of so. well, the, the, organized. The, the original play. Adventures League was was a pull off from uh, the Magic the Gathering because mm-hmm. Caleb, who I play with on Friday night, uh, Caleb Haldane, he's got an old uh, DDA DCI number that yeah. dates back to Magic the Gathering. Yeah, well, part of it was also that if you because they're both so they're both Wizards of the right, Coast properties right. now, um, and so both of them used that same system as kind of a, a tracking back when back when wizards would actually like provide game stores the books early mm-hmm. we used to have midnight release parties yes. because you know it was just so much fun and we wanted to get together and do stuff um but they used to pr- actually provide the books i think up to a week early to certain to certain game stores mm-hmm. and that was how they picked those game stores was oh, I see that you've got a bunch of people who are in your Adventures League program and have signed up, and we can track that because of the DCIs. And your DCI for Magic actually also worked for D&D. For D&D, yeah. So, but I think there actually have been several different organized play Mm -hmm. groups, both official and I think some, like, unofficial. But that really, I do feel that kind of having that organizational structure has also definitely kind of pulled it out right. of and having the game stores as well yes which did not exist and i well, i that's not true the new york chicago la they've all got there they've had their game stores forever but oklahoma central oklahoma it's only it's it's a fairly new i want to don't say phenomenon because it's not new we used to have them a lot we used to have these gaming stores all over the place that but they went away and now they're coming back, now they're back. and and with a vengeance it's amazing well, and then also, so you, a lot of the game stores now, they're kind of going to a model where they don't just offer the product, they mm-hmm. offer a place to play the product. Yeah. And for some people who, you know, if they don't have that huge dining room, kitchen table, that's a godsend. Yes, yes. Or uh, with the organized play, mm-hmm. uh, for example, Edmund Unplugged on Wednesday nights, if you don't have anyone to play, and oh goodness, I mean, that was always the problem about being an adult and wanting to play D&D. When would you ever get... The that schedules, one night where everybody's on the, yeah, everybody's got the same time. But the beauty of, of, uh, of organized play at Edmund Unplugged, for example, on Wednesday night, you could just show up. Yep. And if you've got your character and you could just sit down at a table that's running the same tier and boom, you're ready to go. Ready to go. It's, it, that's, that's, that's what I love about organized play. That's the beauty play. of the yeah. league. You just show up. And, and so as long as you're available... You can go and you'll find someone who you can play with. And, and of course, nowadays with, with online, you can play online. Um, you can also find groups. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, we've got the, the Oklahoma Dungeons and Dragons online, uh, Oklahoma City DDAL, Edmund DDAL on Facebook. You could find groups, you know, just send out a message. Hey, I'm looking for X, I'm, Y, I, Z. Yeah, I'm looking, looking to play in yeah. a group. I'm, I'm available these nights. Yeah. And there's so who's, many people I running? see who are not who are who have been out for a long time or are new. They want to learn about this. That's the beauty of it. It's like, come on in. Uh, it's accessible. It's easy. And if even if you don't have a character, you can. They'll hand you a, a pre-gen we'll first edition a ca- first level character. Yeah. 
and you can roll with it. Or if you get there early enough, we might even help you build one. Yeah. It's, and it's so simple. Even that's why because you're talking about it's easy to roll one up, but it's also easy just to hand you a pre-gen. Mm-hmm. What do you want to play? A barbarian? Boom. you got a barbarian. There you go. And, and you can look at it and go, okay, I, you can sit down. I always tell people, and I've, have, have, I've been blessed to have been a DM for some players who for the first time, and it's amazing. I just think the first thing I do is I just hand them a 20-sided dice. And 20-sided die. And I say, this is the only thing you really need. Yep. There will be other die that you'll have to war if, if you get damage or anything. But think about this 20-sided die. That's all the first thing you'll ever roll, whether it's initiative, whether it's uh, perception, whether, whether it's skill, whether it's a saving throw, no matter what, it'll always be that 20 side dice. And that didn't used to be that way. Right. It used to be in, in when I was playing two at AC zero, <laughs> it was, it was first edition AD and D it was, uh, I think it was a D 10 for initiative. It was, uh, there, there was percentile dice that were used. If you got an 18 on your strength, that was, it was a whole bunch uh, of stuff. Well, this, this, sounds, this sounds too complicated. It was just far why, too complicated. <laughs> and especially if you tried, like I said, Thacko, hit it, trying to figure out what that was. Yeah, well, I mean, it's all, it was all based off of war games yeah. back in the day. Because that's, I mean, for me, that's, that's one of the interesting things to look at, is to go back and actually look at the foundational history. And it's all based off of war gaming. Sure. It, basically, it was... They and that's why it scaled the way it did. Because like one of the things, if you look even into like third and fourth edition, there were certain classes that seemed to like um, I think it was like fighters and maybe a couple others. It's like once you hit a certain level, you get a following. Yes, because yes, the way you get henchmen, you get henchmen. <laughs> yes, and like because the the way that that the original like the way the original guys kind of did it was so they're war gamers so like the first 10 or so levels you are basically like a foot soldier yeah and like they were they were basically kind of asking a question of like okay we have all these rules for huge mass combat what about macro combat yeah. with or, or micro combat which yeah. is one guy versus one guy and that's how dnd yeah. basically got started and then once they got to a certain level, they're like, okay, now I'm not just one guy. I'm the leader of an army. Right. You'd and, be a lord and you'd actually have henchmen and, mm-hmm. and, and a whole army to go. And you had to, you had to take care of them. Yes. <laughs> they have a fortress. Yes. You had, there were things you had to do. Yes. Oh. And so. then, so now in kind of fifth edition, a lot of those elements have kind of been put away. Because right. we really have separated it out fully into you have your wargaming with your armies and mm-hmm. then you have D where you you are representative of one guy right you are one person who is out on an adventure whether you're a fighter a wizard um cleric rogue whatever which rogue by the way used to be thief was the only that was yeah. the, which, uh, there's a fascinating history behind that too I, well that, there was a know, fascinating history behind bard i don't think we have any time to I get know. into but we, we need to we, will we need someday. to do that someday go through, go through the entire history of uh, <laughs> what what happened to because it's amazing but that's and that's what what is amazing is that fifth edition feels like it has finally gotten it right yes. uh, more than anything else and and so excited to be playing it and uh, excited to be doing the the Red Dirt D and D with you. It's going to be so much fun. I'm where so excited? Where can people find out more information about this Red Dirt D and D? Best place to find out right now is our Facebook page, which is Red Dirt D and D. That is capital D N D, and that is on our Facebook. You can also find us on Twitter at the same handle. Mm-hmm. We are working on getting things up and running and again still still working on it but the response that we've gotten so far has yeah. just been incredible i think we just like whispered into the void 
we're starting a podcast. And then the void screamed back, what? Yeah. It has been amazing. We've got a lot of people on the Facebook page, a lot of likes on the Facebook page. People are, are they're excited about this. Yes. And that's why I say if, if you want to be a part of it, uh, even not just in the cast, just being a part of it, uh, it's going to be phenomenal. Get, We're going to be doing get on the train. Yeah. We're leaving now. <laughs> I do know we need sponsors. If yes. you're out there, you want to be a sponsor of this. I've got, we've we got some have, people who are interested yeah, and I do right know token con. I've already talked to the guys at token con. We're possibly going to be doing a uh, live thing with them. Yes. So oh if you're part of this red dirt D and D, you're going to be a part of going out to these cons and being a part of this just adventure that's within an adventure. It's going to be amazing. It's it's gonna be it's gonna be amazing because like because that's my whole thing is I I not only want this to be a podcast I want to kind of turn this into very much a community thing so this is something that again it's by people from Oklahoma for people in Oklahoma and you know anyone else who wants to listen to yes. we'll take you but at the same time we want to both support local events and bring this you know to to local people. And show them, yeah, you can do this here. Mm-hmm. It, you don't have to go. You don't have to go anywhere. And right. it can be something, you know, phenomenal and amazing and completely unique. I mean, I'm I'm writing like three different subclasses so far. That's awesome. We've got yeah, I've got I've got a got a paladin oath, mm-hmm. the the oath of the silver star. Oh, that's awesome. I'm working on a a new cleric domain. Mm-hmm. And then I think I might also write a warlock pack. We'll, oh, we'll see how oh, it yeah. goes. Oh, that'd be phenomenal. <laughs> I think I, I, the warlocks, boy, I didn't, I didn't start playing warlock until about two years into my playing. And uh, when I did, I was like, this is an amazing, this is an amazing are, thing. Warlocks, they're the hardest spellcaster mm-hmm. class to play. So I definitely kind of recommend them last. Yes. But... Oh my gosh, they're so much fun. Once you've got it, it's it's amazing. And I know so many people are like, once I've started, I couldn't stop playing Warlocks because they were just too much fun. Because it's, there's so much variety, and I'm thinking adding another yeah. variety would be so much fun. Yeah, I'm really I'm really excited to do it. So there's a lot there's a lot that I'm kind of working on that I'm scrambling to finish. I, sometimes I feel like I'm laying down the tracks in front of the train, a la Wiley Coyote. Yes, exactly. <laughs> and if people want to get involved, uh, reddirtdnd at gmail.com is yep. our Gmail. We'd love to hear from you because it's, it's going to be, again, this is going to be an experience. I think it's going to be a, a phenomenon that we can all revel in. And yes. that's, so that's, we want everyone to be a part of it. Uh, whether or not you can, you can be a part of the cast, be a part of the crew, be a part of just a fan yeah. and a listener. We need everybody out there, uh, go to the red dirt D and D Facebook and the Twitter. And it's just, uh, you know, in the next couple of months, it's gonna, it's, it feels like it's going to take a while to get this off the ground, but that's just because we want to make it perfect. Yes. We want it again. We want it to be something of quality. Right. This is not just something that, you know, Everybody is like, oh, yeah, I have a podcast. Mm-hmm. And it's like, okay. And then you listen to the podcast and it's like, I can see, I can tell that you're trying and I can tell that you want to make it something. Mm-hmm. Here's maybe a few tips to help you out. Right. And then, you know, we'll see, we'll see how it goes. Yeah. But we definitely want to kind of hit the ground running with with the quality, with, you know, these the sound editing and make make everything just so so that it is enjoyable to listen to and that you know you're not 
nobody's too quiet or nobody's too loud yeah. and you know we don't have some of those issues yeah. and if, if it's good if it's quality that whole hour will go by instantaneously oh, you yeah. won't even think about it it's just like a show on television if it's oh, yeah. really good you didn't even notice you were sitting there for an hour exactly you know? so that's, that's what we're really good that's for. what we want we don't want it we don't want it to be a chore to listen to we want it to be something that you're going to sit down and really enjoy and and want to share with the world so we we want to make it something that we want to share with the world and we hope that it will be something that you want to share with the world too. That's perfect. Ashley, I'm so excited about this. It's going to be phenomenal. So and so everyone get uh, Red Dirt D&D on Facebook, yep. Twitter, and reddirtdnd at gmail.com. It's going to be amazing. So uh, come on board. It's going to be a fun ride. Yes. Thank you so much, Ashley. <laughs> Thank you, Mike. <laughs> that's going to do it for our show. You can find us on Twitter and Facebook at Okie OK Geek Podcast. That's also the address for our Gmail account. We'd love to hear from you. You can find me on Twitter at KOSU Michael C. Where can we find you on Twitter, Ashley? You can find me at uh, LA Shadowed Heart. LA Shadowed Heart. Shadowed Heart. I don't, I don't think about changing it because that's just a mouthful. That is one. <laughs> we could find us. We could find one for you. That'd I mean, be really cool. Yeah. I'm sure we can. We'll uh, that's it. And you, do, uh, do you or someone you know have an event coming up? We'd, we'd love to hear about it. So let us know. Uh, and again, at the Gmail account of okigeekpodcast at gmail.com or on Twitter and Facebook. You can also find us on Apple Podcasts. Be sure and subscribe. Also rate us and leave a comment. Until next time, along with Ashley King, I'm Michael Cross, reminding you to keep calm and geek on. Bye-bye.